92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey, everybody. It's Jay Scott from The Hook, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope everyone's having a great day. Changing up the format here once again, we are doing a new music spotlight, another episode of the new music spotlight showcase with Pete Bigiani of Kodiak. And would like to welcome in my great friend, Chris Ricardo, to talk about the band, talk about what we've been hearing through the music of this band before we get into the interview. How are you doing today, Chris? What's going on? I'm doing I'm doing good, man. No, that's uh, thanks for having me. This is uh, super sweet. Thanks for turning me on to these guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we get into Kodiak, would like to mm-hmm. start off the show like we do anytime we have a first time guest, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every great rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan mm-hmm. has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance. That hooked them on rock and roll. What hooked you? Oh, man. It was the, the solo for Heartbreaker and Led Zeppelin. My brother had that uh, had that eight track, and he played it all the time, and I hated it. Like, dare to turn that crap off. So I took the, the eight track and hid it in the linen closet. Like, about a week later, I was like, man, I want to hear that again, and took it out, and that guitar solo from Heartbreaker, man, just turned me on the rock and got me playing guitar, and I had to learn that guitar solo. Well, Jimmy Page influenced a lot of people. What was it about Page's guitar playing? You know, it was like just that it was, it, especially that particular solo, it was, it was just the guitar. There was no bass, no drums. It was like, this guy is just playing all by himself. Everybody else stopped, and he's kicking ass. I want to do that. That's freaking awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that was it, man. That was it. Well, Led Zeppelin's my personal favorite, too, as well. It kind of segues into our discussion about the band Kodiak with their mm-hmm. guitar player, Chris Bigiani, brother of Pete, who I interviewed for this episode. So I texted you several weeks ago and was like, dude, you got to check out this band. This band Kodiak, they they are like a throwback to the days of melody and harmony. And yeah, for sure. Just um, I was wowed by them because it's been a while since there's been a band, and we're going to be interviewing another band next week that's similar to them. But it's been a while since mm-hmm. there's been bands that have come out that have really had the guitar front and center, the melodies, yeah. the harmonies, and the vocals and the choruses. And I was taken aback because I thought that was gone forever. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. What was yeah, it about just, what was it about their two songs, the songs Goodbye and Alone that kind of captured your attention? Well, I like the way, you know, the, the guitar starts it out and then, you know, like maybe after the solo, it'll come back like that riff and then the riff is prominent at the end again. So it keeps keeps bringing you back to those riffs, you know, and nobody's nobody's playing riffs like that anymore. It's like a, it's just a nice, a nice breath of fresh air to hear somebody rocking out on some guitar, and then the solos are awesome, the drums are awesome, the bass is awesome, the vocals are like, whoa, and then uh, and the, the the structure of the song as well, you know. So it's it's um it's got nice bridges, nice breakdowns, and then you know guitar solos in them too, and it just all makes sense. It feels good. It flows. Nobody's doing that anymore. Yeah, I mean, That's there's missing. Yeah, there's a lot of great blues-based music out there right now. You talk about the Greta Van Fleets and the Dirty Honeys and all those bands that are coming out, and those are all great bands. But until I heard Kodiak, I was taken aback that, wow, melody and harmony, harmonizing the vocals still exist, and people still mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, there are a couple the other big bands. Choruses. Yeah, and the big hooks. How about yeah. the, I mean, the hooks yeah, were big just. Choruses yeah, choruses. Totally. And the guitar playing is a throwback to the 80s sound, you know, with those guitar players yeah. back in the day, like your, you know, your yeah. Eddie Van Halen's, your George Lynch's, um, your Warren DeMartini's. It, it's all yeah, but very... Yeah, I totally heard some of that in there. Yep. Yeah, totally. totally. And it's fun music too, right? I mean, it's, it's music that makes you feel good. 
makes you want to yeah, you know, totally. cruise around with the top down on a sunny day. That's exactly, exactly it, dude. I was listening to it in my car, and I, I felt like if it wasn't that chilly out, I would have had my window down, my arm out the window, and my head bopping. Totally, yeah. And it's 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 very, like you said, very well written. The structure is arrangement is second to none with these two songs i first heard the song alone which was the last single they just did and then i went back and listened to goodbye which was their first one their new album is supposed to be out 2019 we're getting towards the end of the year maybe early part of 2020 i'm looking forward to them playing out and touring because I'd love to see yeah, them live. Yeah, for sure. There's some yeah, I tried. You know, I was looking for some other music of theirs, and I couldn't find them. Like, what's going on? So I'm glad they're I'm glad they're putting out another album or a, a full album soon. You know, and then yeah, tour dates would be as amazing as well. For those of you that don't know, I go to dozens of concerts per year, and 90 percent of the time, I'm with Chris at the show. We go to a lot of shows together, see a lot of new bands together. So it's it's pretty cool to see the differences in all of them. And one of the bands yeah. that we, you know, we we are mentioning right now, Kodiak is is one that we are looking forward to seeing in the next year or so. Hopefully, Definitely. they do some Chicago dates. But yeah, I, I, again, it's refreshing to see the new music that's being put out there. There's a there's a lot of the blues based guitar rock. This is more melody. This is more harmonizing. You know, more of I don't want to say commercial sound, but more I would think radio friendly than some of their sure. contemporaries. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I yeah. just, yeah, I look forward to more material from, from Cody. I guess. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that's, you know, coming out, I really like, I, I, I call it like riff rock, you know, but it, some of it might be a little too aggressive for radio where I think like Kodiak, I think Kodiak could fit right in. It'd yeah. Totally be on the radio and not, not offend anybody. You know, I think people heard it. They wouldn't be changing the dial. Right. Right. And in the interview with, with Pete, I talked about the relationship they have with Carmen Apice, who is a rock and roll veteran all the way back from the days of Cactus and Rod Stewart and, of course, King Cobra, Blue Murder, and many other bands as well. And just I'm happy to see that you know a rock and roll veteran is, is, is leading a band, is guiding a band um, the way that he is doing that. And it, hopefully it it bears success because I think that's so important. Yeah, and these guys are they're young, right? They are They are young. They're, they don't sound it. How can you not like yeah. young kids playing rock music that makes you, like you said, want to have a good time <laughs> and feel good about yourself? Yeah, just to, they jam it, man. What, in, in terms of what song, you, know, you heard the songs Alone and Goodbye, you mentioned the guitars, you mentioned you know, the arrangement and the harmonizing. What else about the band you know, drew your attention? Uh, drums for sure drums are out front too just as almost as much as the guitar and then the, the vocalist as well that guy's got a, an awesome voice it's got a little bit of rasp going and then you know when they hit those choruses all the harmonies come in so it's just it's a good package man i don't think anybody uh anybody can knock them for what they're doing no i agree 100 percent pete and chris bigiani are brothers they're the guitar player and drummer in the band and these guys are what, from Jersey or something? Yeah, from New Jersey. You know, I mean, nice. you know, what other big band from New Jersey that had big hooks and harmonies? <laughs> Was there ever a band from New Jersey that did that before? I don't know. I can't think of any Bon Jovi bands like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? In this day and time, we need a band like Kodiak. We need a band that makes us feel good has the guitar hooks and a little breath of fresh air exactly a lot of the the blues based stuff is blues based so it's more serious it's it can be more aggressive and i've talked about this on previous episodes we need a band like that we need a band that it makes us feel good that when you turn on the radio and you or you turn on a kodiak song you know you're going to feel good you know you're going to have a good day you know you're going to have a smile on your face I can't wait for the new stuff and, and the live stuff for sure. Yeah, I'm really interested to see these guys live. There's some video out there of them doing a cover of Panama, which is oh, awesome. Really? Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I suggest you do. It's really good. stays really true to the the original. adds a little bit of their own flair to it, but it sounds kick-ass. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out for sure. 
Yeah, it's disappointing that right now there's not a lot of new material from them, but mm-hmm. it's coming, and that's exciting. I'm looking forward yeah. to the new music for Kodiak. Pete was telling me in the interview that they're doing a cover of a King Cobra song on the album, which I'm really looking forward wow. to because they're one of my favorite <laughs> underrated bands of the 80s, which also happened to feature the drummer Carmen Apice as well. So that's exciting. Once again, a new band to be excited about. Once again, new music out there is great. And if you're one of these people who think new music sucks, you're not listening. You're not listening to the bands that we're listening to, that we're seeing live, because there's a movement going on. Kodiak's part of that movement. Kodiak's going to be here for a while. If you haven't checked them out yet, I suggest you do so, and I promise you, you will dig it. Yeah, and keep listening to The Hook, and you'll find out more about new music coming out. I mean, it's a good source, man. Well, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. I love new music. I love promoting the new bands. All we can do is continue and hope that people listen to it. Yeah, man. All right, Chris. Well, I appreciate it. We're going to wrap up here. Everybody enjoy the interview with Pete from Kodiak, and we will see you next week on the New Music Spotlight. Thank you. What's up, everybody? This is Jay Scott, and you're listening to The Hook, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope everyone is having an awesome day. I'd like to welcome in Pete Bigiani, drummer from the band Kodiak from New Jersey. Great things are happening with these guys. They got two singles released here in the last couple of months. How are you doing today, Pete? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. I do appreciate you doing it. Um, thank you. Uh, just like every new guest we have, we always ask the same question the first time they appear. And that is the essence of the show, what we're all about. Like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What hooked you, Pete? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I've been playing since I was really young. You know, me and Chris, you know, we're, we're brothers, so uh, we've been playing since we were really young. I started playing when I was two. I think that like my dad was a drummer, so when when I was really young, I would go into his practice room and uh, I would you know go bang on the drums and stuff like that, and that really got me into it. But I think it was like I, I saw Kiss as my first concert, and that really drew me in, you know. And then I went to go see Van Halen, and that just blew me away. Yeah, two great bands. Yeah, oh yeah, man. absolutely. Now you mentioned your dad plays the drums. Was there a a drummer that made you want to pick up the instrument? I mean, obviously your father had an influence, but was there a particular drummer? Yeah, there was a there was a couple. Um, you know, I, I like you know I watched my dad as I was young, um, and I grew up like you know Neil Peart, Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa, and then most importantly was my manager, uh, who's the manager of Kodiak now, Carmine Peace, and he uh, he played with Rod Stewart. And Ozzy and uh, Cactus and Vanilla Fudge. You know, he played with Jeff Beck. He just put out a song yesterday with uh, Brian Day, Queen. So, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, he was a really big inspiration on me. Now he's a great friend. And, uh, he's a great manager, too. Absolutely. Great drummer. I was exposed to Carmine back in the 80s with a band called King Cobra. Um, yeah, King Cobra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing the video for the song Hunger. Um, back in the day on MTV, and I was blown away. And ever since then, I've known about Carmine. I went back and listened to the Rod Stewart stuff, the Cactus stuff. You know, of course, you know, he said he played with Ozzy. He's done so much. Uh, he's a huge influence on a lot of drummers. Well, if you remember King Cobra, then you remember the song Redline, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we do that live. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, a, I mean, I, I don't know how much insight I can give you, but it's actually on our record. So when we put out the full record, it'll be on the record. Looking forward to that. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Oh yeah, man. Getting back to your, you know, your influences. So, you know, Kiss and Van Halen hooked you on rock and roll. You mentioned drummers that made you want to pick up the instrument. Who was it that mm-hmm. wanted you to play live, you know, play in front of people? Was it just a natural progression just, or was there, you know, just, was it always in you? I mean, I just think that like, you know, ever since I was young, I, you know, me and Chris have been playing out since we were super young. You know, we started playing in bars, doing cover songs when, he was about uh, seven, like, so, you know, I think he was like, we were, he was like five and I was eight when we did the first time that we played out, which was super young, but we were doing like cover stuff. Um, and then from that, you know, you get to crowd cheer and stuff like that. And especially since we're by the Jersey Shore, it's a great, great scene to play during the summer. And just hearing the crowd response and then people coming up to you after the shows. But I think when you go see a festival, performance or even like an arena performance or even a theater performance it's very special because you see the crowd you see the energy and it's just cool to play those kind of gigs you know we played small places and we played big places and you know just that energy that the crowd gives off and the energy that you do when you play with each other on stage you know it's really special and i think that's what we like about it how did kodiak form tell us a little bit about the history me and my brother started this um, about a year and a half ago. Um, but the, like the band has really been together for like two years, playing together, practicing. So me and my brother wanted to start a band, and so we started writing songs and stuff like that. And then I actually got called to go out on tour with a band called Last in Line. I don't know if you know who they are. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's Viv from Def Leppard. Um, Vinny from you know Black Sabbath and Dio, Andy from The Offspring, and Phil from Ozzy, uh, Phil Suisan. You know, I was out there doing that. We were in Queens, New York one night, and I saw this kid uh, sing with another band, and that happened to be Eric. And I was like, you know what, that, that kid looks great, he sounds great, and uh, I kind of want to nick him from this band. So, you know, I got his name, I got his number, I guess we'll him for another show. We just hit it off, and then he came. When I got back to Jersey after the tour, he came to a practice space, and we jammed with me, Chris, and him, and we decided that it worked. And then I knew TJ from around town from playing the vocal band because we were really young, so he was just a good fit for us. And then uh, Carmike got on board, and then uh, we got Warren Wyatt, who's our other manager who lives out in Seattle, and uh, we've been going ever since. So if right now, it's coming up to a year with the management and the band being together under this name, being together. Now, did you guys start out just playing tunes, cover tunes, or was it like an immediate, let's write some songs, let's get some material going? How did that process work? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, we, we had songs written, so we had these songs written, and then Carmen came in and put his special touch on them. And then, um, yeah, we, you know, we did a photo shoot, played, we practiced a lot. Like, if you see us live, we, we practiced a lot. Then we did uh, some rehearsals in New York and stuff like that. And then our first show, our unofficial first show was in Texas, which these fans that we've never actually played a show before came out to come and see us play. They drove like six hours to come and see us play. And that was really cool. And then we actually did, we did um, a show in California at an award show called the Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. And uh, that was with like a bunch of people, you know, Mike Portnoy, um, Rudy Sarzo, Carmine. You know, there was like just a lot, a lot of big people in the industry. And that was like kind of our first official show. And then we've been playing shows ever since. What was that like playing in front of you know, Mike Portnoy and, and Rudy Sarzo and others? I, I, it's cool. It's, you know, when you, when you say it, you know, when you do it, it's a different thing from saying it. Right. So like playing in front of Mike and um, Rudy and stuff like that, it's, it's weird when you think about it. So when you get up there and you play, you're not thinking about it. But when you, when you think about it, like the next day when we were in the hotel, get ready to go to jam, we were like, do you realize who we played in front of last night? You know what I mean? Like, just like these guys who are like legendary, you know? 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's a great experience. I mean, I've seen those guys in live over the years so many times. I go to, you know, a lot of great shows and, you know, to have you guys play in front of them in the, you know, infancy of your careers is really cool. Oh, yeah, man. So the songs Goodbye Alone remind me of the era that I grew up in. And what's really cool about those songs is how there's a fresh modern sound to it. Tell us about... Oh, thank you. Yeah, tell us about how those songs were created. Uh, Alone started first. Um, me and Chris, you know, wrote drums and guitar and, you know, the melody and stuff like that. And then I handed it off to Eric and he wrote the lyrics and uh, TJ wrote his bass part. And then I gave it to Carmine and then Carmine kind of added uh, here and added there, you know, like little thing harmonies, whatever, you know what I mean? Like harmonies, oh, um, we should put an acoustic guitar in the break. You know what I mean? I don't know if you've listened to that like that break part. Absolutely. But there's a layered acoustic in there, which is really cool. And um, that one came first, and Goodbye came second, which me and Chris have had written. Um, and then we rearranged it and, um, you know, put it together differently. There's different lyrics to it. Uh, we had other lyrics, and Eric wrote new ones because he thought it'd be better for this one. So we, we, we kind of just, like, we pieced it all together and we took our time with it. And that's how we got those songs together. Yeah. They both sound great. They really do. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. I, I was really impressed by it. I listened to a lot of new rock music and when I first heard the, the songs, you know, obviously they were, they weren't released at the same time, but every time you guys release something, I'm like, wow, this sounds just great. This sounds awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Now I know there's a new album coming out, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I can I can dive into it a little bit. So we we're gonna put out another single soon, and I'm not sure what we're doing with it. If it's I know we're we're gonna put out a new single soon. I don't know if it's gonna all come out before the end of the year or if it's gonna come out in the first of the year. Um, you know, we, we have it done. We're thinking about adding another song that we have done, uh, or another two songs that we have done to it. So we're making a nice even number. So right now we're just basically deciding and, you know, across with like touring and stuff like that, we're trying to figure out like what's the best time to release it. So you're looking at 2020 then is for like the full, the album to come out. Yeah. I think, I think it's safe to say that you would see an album, like the full album in 2020. Okay. All right. That's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. And then oh, you yeah. got a new song coming out too, which is exciting as well. Yeah, I don't have the release date for it yet, but I know that we talked about that tonight, and uh, it's going to be really cool. So the new album comes out next year. Tell us about, mm-hmm. I know you, we talked about Goodbye and Alone, but how was that process of recording an album? Was it, was Let's back up a little bit. Was everything recorded in those sessions with the Goodbye and Alone songs, or was it separate? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, going into it, I think... Um, the buying alone were done first, and then we did uh, a couple more. Right? I, I mean, they were all written like within each other. You know what I mean? They weren't written like one were written like three years ago, and then you know they were all written in the same kind of time period. So it's not like everything was everything is like different. It all sounds it all sounds like it was supposed to be on the album together. If that makes sense? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. How was how is the writing process with you guys? I mean, do you guys all come in with new ideas? Is it a collective effort or does people bring in stuff separately? How does that work? So me and Chris, we live together. Um, we have a studio. So what we do is, um, Chris will write, you know, like a riff and a melody and then, uh, he'll come with to me with it. We'll sit down and we'll hash it out. And, um, we'll go into the studio. We'll, record like a demo version of it and we'll throw, um, you know, like a scratch base on it and then send it to Eric and send it to TJ and they all have home studios. So Eric will write, you know, his lyrics to it and, um, send it back and then TJ will write his bass part and send it back and then I'll set, I'll group it all together and then I'll send it to Carmine and Carmine will take it and, you know, take all, you know, to cut the fat off as he says, you know, 
if there's too much of this or too much of that, he'll cut the fat off. Of it. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it works. So it starts being crisp, really. As far as influences in the band, we talked about yours. And like I said earlier in the interview, you can't help but hear those big hooks and those melodies. Mm-hmm. What is, you know, some of the band's influences? You know, I know you're, you have your individual influences, but talk more about what the band feels and listens to collectively. Yes. So the the band together as a whole, um, we're influenced by Van Halen mostly. Um, everything that Farmland's really done. So anything that Farmland's done, we take, we take from. And uh, Eric really likes Def Leppard. Um, so I, you can hear that in there. And uh, Guns N' Roses, you could definitely hear that a little bit in there. You know, everything from like kind of like the 80s, but you could really hear the Van Halen in there because mm-hmm. uh, that's what we're most really inspired by. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, like we take from those three bands, Def Leppard, Van Halen mostly, and Guns N' Roses, and uh, what Carmine's done. Yeah, it sounds... Like I said before, I keep saying it, but it does sound really good. And it, it, it's it's what's a little different about the music because of the melodies and the hooks is it's that mm-hmm. throwback to when music felt good, right? And you enjoyed the listening. <laughs> you could you know you could you know you could open you know the 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 windows on your car and crank it up, and it sounds great. You know it's 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 good time music. It's it's fun music, and that's awesome. Oh, thank you, man. That means a lot. Thank you. So the future of 2020 is approaching us in a couple months. The new album's coming out. What else can you tell us about 2020? I mean, is there plans to get this out on the road and, and play live and get in front of as many people as possible? What can you tell us? Yeah, so 2020, you're definitely going to see more music, more video, um, and then you're going to see us live. Uh, I can't say much about it now, but, you know, we're talking, you know, there's, there's a couple ideas being thrown around with different bands. Uh, that we'll be going out with. And you'll definitely see us around the United States in 2020. Uh, 2019 was more of getting it started, playing a few shows here and there. Uh, but now we, we're gathering a team together, you know, because, you know, you need a strong team when you're doing this kind of stuff. And uh, we're gathering um, more of a team together, and then we're going to get out on the road in 2020 and really tour. You guys are sitting on some really good stuff. And, you know, with the future approaching here, what makes you most excited? What gets you going? Like, what, what you know, what do you feel like? Uh, I, I honestly feel it's, it's, it's about to explode, right? And what gets you excited about that? Uh, I, I just think that it's cool to see the reactions, you know. Uh, I, I think that especially with our Alone video, um, you, know, you, know, you know, we put Alone out and we put the buy out. And, you know, with that music video, you know, that music video is growing every single day. Um, you know, we're almost at 33,000 views and it's only been out for two months. You know what I mean? And we're just a brand new band. So it's cool to see um, everything kind of just get a cool reaction to it. You know, people playing us on the radio, um, people telling us, you know, especially with the uh, Alone song, you know, people telling us that it's getting them through a hard time or, you know, uh, a lady had messaged us on Instagram and told us that, you know, her daughter was, um, you know, really depressed and stuff like that. And whenever she listens to that song, you know, she's singing along, it's really happy and, and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff really makes her day. You know, when we can kind of like make a little bit of a difference, you know, or, or make someone's day better. Um, so, you know, really, really that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It, you know, it, it's never about money. It's never about fame. It's never about that. It's just, you know, writing music, making ourselves happy and making other people happy. And I hear it, you know, like I said before, you hear the hooks, you hear the melodies. It's thank you. It, it makes yeah. you, it makes you feel good instantly. It's a throwback to a time when music was fun and not to say that music stopped being fun, but it just had that feeling to it. Right. Like you could, hum yeah, the melodies, you know, you know yeah, the hooks, everything. We're, we're, yeah, we're really, you know, we're really nice. Like, like all of us, you know, we all get along and, um, you know, we're really easy to get along with. And it's just all about having a good time, you know, and, and, you know, it's just about having a good time 
and forgetting about all the problems that you had during the day. When you listen to our music, it's just to have a great time and take you away from that day. You know, I, I think that I think that you know somebody who listens to the song or drives home from work, they don't have to worry about the nine to five. You know what I mean? That grind. You, you, they worry. They just think about the song and about the rest of the day and how much extra day they're going to have. And when you talk about being influenced by Van Halen and Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses, you know, you think about the same type of things, right? Yeah, good times. Yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, good times. And, you know, it's it's really cool to be in this kind of uh, a band, you know what I mean, and and make that kind of difference. Now, you guys are from New Jersey. What's the scene like in New Jersey for a new band like yourselves? Well, uh, you know, the scene here is kind of, it's more of like an indie rock scene, which is fine and stuff like that. But for us, you know, it's really cool. I mean, we play the Saints and we basically almost hold it out. So it's, it's not like a, um, it's not like it's like bad here, but I, you know, what, what really sucks for bands today is that pay to play stuff, um, where bands have to pay to open up for a national act. And, um, I, I just think, I, you know, I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. I think that bands should be able to go out and at least make $50 if they're going to play somewhere. You know what I mean? Something, you know, you're providing a service, you're making people buy drinks, food or something like that. And you're paying to open up for a national, you know what I mean? I, I understand it's the way it goes, but I, I don't really, I don't really believe, believe in that. If that, you know, I don't know if you're the same way, but that's how I feel. I absolutely agree. Uh, I don't think that should be happening at all. And you know, with a national yeah. act, it's and, you gonna... know, go ahead. It's a big, it's a big, big problem here in New Jersey and New York, and I, I think it's everywhere. You know, it, you know, some of the some of these bands, uh, not these bands, I should say, but some of these venues. The theaters will charge two thousand dollars to open up for a twenty minute set at a place that holds fifteen hundred people, and that's—I don't know if I get curse on your podcast, but that's kind of bullshit. That is bullshit. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like that. I don't like that because you know you're working hard. You know, what you, you know these guys and these bands—they don't work a regular job. You know, we work. We're, you know, they work part-time job. You know, we're fortunate enough that, you know, we do our own things where we make money and we have time to go out and do stuff. But, you know, some of these guys, they're working at Hot Topic. You know what I mean? And they're making, they're not making enough. And they're trying to do their band and they can't. You know what I mean? Is that the venue or is that the promoter? It's, you know, it's sometimes it can be the venue, sometimes it can be the promoter. Um, but you know, if you're better off going to a VFW hall and throwing your own show or a skate park. You know, when, you know, when, when me and Chris were little, we would go to skate parks and throw our own shows and, you know, and get a hundred and a hundred and something people there. And, you know, my mom would do the door and my dad would do sound and white, you know what I mean? And we would, we would make it this kind of family thing and that would be the thing. But it's just, you know, it, 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 this pay-to-play stuff really, it bugs us, you know, because everywhere it is, I know that, but it's just the amount of money that the people want is crazy. That is crazy. You know, I've been developing these conversations and developing the conversation about the importance of new rock music and how yeah. classic rock, as we know it, only has a certain amount of shelf life and the bands that are coming out now and the bands that have been coming out need support from rock fans, from promoters, from venues, from existing musicians too, as well, who are successful. And when I hear that, Mm -hmm. I don't know how that feeds into developing a new artist, getting exposure for artists, because if you're bringing in a national act to your venue, they should already have a following where they're going to, you know, pay for themselves or, you know, bring in the, bring in revenue See, for the whatever. Thing is, the thing with that is that, you know, there's some bands that are like that where they'll have, you know, they'll go, what's the biggest band in New York or what's the biggest band in New Jersey? Well, we want them to open up. 
You know what I mean? Or what's the biggest band in LA? We want them to open up for us. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I, I don't know bands that personally do that, but I, you know, I've heard of acts that do that. I'm not sure. going to say who, sure. but, um, you know, that, that's fine. That's fine. I, I like that. But when it comes down to being like, well, you know, uh, we're playing, they're playing a venue tonight, they're a national act, you get 20 minutes on stage, but you could sell these 50 tickets for $25 a head. And then when you get to the venue, if you don't sell them, you can't play, but I want you to settle up with me with that, you know, I don't know if it's like $2,500 or some shit like that, but, you know, it's not cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're basically making them hustle for you while you just sit there and basically wait for the show. Absolutely. That's ridiculous. I yeah. yeah I was I was unaware of that. That's interesting that you bring that up. I I go to a lot of shows throughout the year. You know, I go from national acts like Ace Freely and you know mm-hmm. Sebastian Bach to newer acts like Tyler Bryan or Temperance Movement. And mm-hmm. I always you know I I love seeing the newer acts come out, and it pains me to hear that that there's arena there's venues and there's promoters that are forcing the hand of these young artists who are, a lot of them are starving, a lot of them are struggling to get their name out and to get their music out. And it's like they're taking advantage Mm -hmm. of the opportunity and they're taking advantage of these artists who are desperate to get noticed. I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and luckily I have a team behind us, you know, and behind me, you know, being friends with the guys in Last in Line, being, you know, friends with Carmine for a really long time. And stuff like that for them to go, you know, don't do that bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, why, why are you paying the play? You know, I mean, we've never done it, but you know, like, don't ever do that. That's what they tell you. You're devaluing yourself as an artist, right? You know what I mean? It's 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 totally degrading and devaluing to an artist. So I, I suggest that if anybody's listening to this that plays in their own band and they want to get out there, start your own show. Absolutely. Go to a VFW hall. Go to an Elks Lodge. Go go wherever you got to go. Rent it out yourself, and charge five dollars a head, and let people come hear good music. That's how you're going to build this build this new rock age up, and it's going to happen, and it's already happening. Do you think that's the biggest hurdle for new acts? Is stuff like that? What else do you see? I mean, you you are at the front lines now, Pete. I mean, you know, you I, I, I just see. I, you know, I've seen bands that want to jump out right away and go and tour and be huge and successful and stuff like that. And, you know, some of them aren't ready to go. And that, that's a big problem. But uh, another thing is, um, another thing is just pay to play. And, and, you know, with that, that, that comes a big thing. And, and some of these kids, they don't know, you know, and it's really upsetting to see kids go out and spend hard earned money to go play 20 minutes. It's just that's that's kind of what I see a lot. Yeah, that's um, that's not helping the new music, you know, generation here. That's not helping develop new music and these new acts that need to be out in front of people and you know become household names. I mean, that's what really it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I've I've touched on this subject on a few shows that you know when these bands are around and they you know we there there there's one band that's out on a national tour right now who's not even has an opening act an opening band and i always feel that's that's not what should be done that's that's not helping the legacy of rock and roll by not supporting the new acts and when you hear arenas and you or not arenas i'm sorry venues and promoters Mm -hmm. doing that pay to play i just i just feel like where are we gonna how how are we gonna overcome that and and trust me people in the industry that you know what I mean? It's not like they don't know. They know whether bands are, you know, buying. I mean, they call it essentially take like a buy on to a tour. You know, some bands can spend a lot of money to get on to a tour. Um, you know, if if uh, you know if people want to turn their heads, and, you know, people know. You know what I mean? That people are people would. Now, as far as having Carmine in your corner, right? I mean, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. How has oh, yeah. yeah? How has he helped you guys overcome some of the challenges? And how has he? I mean, you mentioned he gave you some advice on hey, don't do that. You're devaluing yourself, which I think is awesome because I completely agree mm-hmm. with him. But what else? How else has he developed you guys and taught you certain things that maybe you didn't realize starting out? 
just guiding us in the right way. You know, he's great at, you know, he's been doing it a really long time. He has a bunch of hit songs and, um, you know, he really shows us what it is to be in a band. You know, every show we have something that we can improve on. So, you know, and he'll, you know, when we're in New York or he's in town, you know, he'll come see us play. Uh, or like at, in LA, when we played in LA, you know, he'll, he'll come to the show and watch us and stuff like that. You know, he goes over stage moves with us, you know, having a great stage show. You know, a part of our thing is that when you pay for a ticket to see Kodiak, you're seeing a great show. You know what I mean? You're not just coming to hear a band play. You're coming to see a great show. You're coming to have a good time. You know what I mean? So that's what you're going to walk away with when you come and see us play. And, you know, and that's, that's mostly Carmine, you know, helping us with our stage show, helping us how we present ourselves. And, um, you know, especially with our music, you know, because music comes first and that's the most important thing. Like I said before, you mentioned Van Halen, you mentioned Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, you saw Kiss Live. I mean, those were all great shows. They put on great performances. I mean, you're not just hearing the music, you're also listening with your eyes. So when you see someone jumping around on stage or getting the crowd going, that's a performance. That's a, an event. That's an experience. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, we're, we always try, we're trying to add new stuff, you know, you know, we're a growing band. So obviously we're not going to have big explosions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yet, absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but you know, you know, hopefully one day, you know, we'll, you'll have a full, a full show and, you'll get to see us play and you'll get to see that full experience. Well, that's just, yeah, I'm not just talking about the explosions. I'm just talking about, you know, back in the day, seeing David Lee Roth or Axl Rose or whoever, mm. you know, um, and, and you didn't need the explosions to have the experience, right? I mean, just when you, when you lock eyes on someone, or you lock eyes on a band and you can't take your eyes off, you know, a lot of times now you're watching screens because they've got these big screens, but it's still the band up there playing the music. And, you know, when I hear you guys play and I see the videos and I, you know, I watched the YouTube video of the Panama cover that you guys did. You know, I, I feel that way about you guys that, Hey, you know, this is a band that's about the songs because the songs are strong and about the performance and about the crowd just locking eyes on them. And you can't, you can't take, you know, you can't take your eyes off. Yeah, you know, when we, we try to make, kind of like making a statement when we go out on stage, you know, we try to, you know, if you're not watching, you know, you're definitely going to watch us, you know, like when we get up on stage and people are not sure what to think about us, you know, and then we play, we're like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like, and you can feel that energy when you get people to say that, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, moving forward, right? And having these all these things happening, you have the two singles, you got the third one coming, you have the album coming out. What are you looking forward to? What is? I mean, the biggest thing for us is we like to we like to play shows. Like we like to play a lot of shows. So for us, if we could play every single day of the year, and and keep it going for ten years, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure like two years would be like, can we go home now? You know what I mean? But, you know, if we could play every single day, you know what I mean, on stage in front of a bunch of people, we'd be very, very happy. And, you know, I think that's going to happen pretty much, pretty soon. I just spoke with Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf, who was on our last New Music Spotlight. And he mentioned how they've, they're have they going to play 132 shows this year. And that's you know that's a throwback to what it was back in the day bands would constantly play they constantly you know be on tours they would play multiple nights during the week is that what you're looking to do too yeah you know and uh, you said joyous wolf right yes yeah you know and you know they're they're you know they're they're just they were just like us a year ago you know and now they're just getting out on the road doing that and i think that that has built your audience and that's how you do your thing you know you can't sit at home and put out great music you know you have to put out great music and tour and get in front of people because if you don't there's no point in putting up music i mean if you want to just for fun if you can't but you know if you want to do what we're trying to do then you definitely have to get out you have to go tour when i think of bands like joyous wolf and i think of bands like dirty honey 
I put you guys in that category. I think you guys are going to be at the forefront of the new wave of rock and roll. There is no doubt in my oh, mind. Oh, thank you very much. It is. Thank you, sir. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? And and I'm you know I'm a really big supporter of you know I've heard Noise Wolf and I, I think they're great stuff like that. I'm a really big supporter of uh, Dirty Honey as well, and I, I believe that you know us and you know we're we're friends with the guys at Red Event Fleet. Um, you know I think I think that you'll see fans. You know hopefully it's us. You know what I mean? I think you'll see Kodiak, Red Event Fleet. Dirty Honey, Joyce Wolf, and I, I'm really into the Struts as well. I don't know if you're oh, you, you know that Struts but, are great, absolutely. Yeah, you know all all of us. I think that's what the new wave of rock and roll is going to be, and I think that I think that in the next, you know what I mean. It, things can only last so long, but I think within the next five years, you'll see all of us hopefully playing a festival together one day, and I I, I really believe in that, and I think that would be really cool. Yeah, those are all great bands. There's other ones, too. Bishop Gunn is a great band from Mississippi. Really soulful blues stuff, which is just awesome. Tyler Bryant from Nashville. Uh, you've got some really good stuff mm-hmm. going on in the U.K. as well. And I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about the new wave of rock music. I think it's coming, and I think it's up to people to listen. I think that's the other thing, too, is... I think, you know, I, I have a 14-year-old son, and I bring him up a lot in previous episodes, but he's a little rocker. He's 14 years old. He plays guitar, yeah. and, you know, he's he's listening with his friends in all these bands, and sometimes I get exposed to new bands from him, which is which is really cool because that shows me that the younger generation is starting to pick up on it, uh, and I'm excited about that, and I think you guys should be too. I think it's all coming, and I think all these new bands that are coming out are, are, are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah, you know, and, and the bands that are coming out, they're great. You know what I mean? It's their their quality. It's not like you know, you know, in the '80s when it was like every band, you know, there was like there was like so many bands that sounded the same. Well, now there's so many bands that sound like the past, but it, there's not that many of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, everyone's putting their modern spin on it, and I agree with you about the '80s. Yeah. You know, I've had this yeah. conversation before, where when you got into the late '80s and the early '90s, it became more about what the bands looked like than what they sounded like. And yeah. a lot of these bands were cookie cutter. They looked really pretty with their hair teased up and their and their clothes and everything. But then when you put the music in the you know the record you know the record player or the tape or whatever, it was kind of just like every other band. And I have often said that a lot of these bands in the 80s want to blame the grunge era or whatever for the demise, but in my opinion, it's because of that late 80s era, that early 90s era that was more of a cookie-cutter type scene and, uh, and genre than, than it kind of was in the early and mid-80s. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that, you know, I think what you said was right. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, I, I look forward to hearing more music from you guys. I think you guys have a bright future ahead of you. I, I love the two songs, Alone and Goodbye. Uh, oh, thank you. Like I said, the first thing I picked up on right away was the melody and the hook, and I was, like the show, I was hooked on it. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you want to, you know, if you go online and you look up Kodiak uh, Red Line on YouTube, you can actually find, I know you're a fan of King Cobra, so if you if you go on YouTube, you can go and find that video actually of us playing that show where you saw, I think you saw the, the Panama song, you, you saw Panama that we did at uh, the live show? Yes, correct. Yeah, if you go, there's a, somebody else filmed that, I don't know who filmed it, but if you look up Kodiak Red Line, uh, chance you can see from the right side. So from my brother's side, um, you can see Red Line Live. So I think you already know that. Yeah, I definitely am going to check that out. I did not know that that was online right now. So being a, a oh, fan yeah. of King Cobra, um, I will definitely do that today. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it'd be cool. So in closing here, um, what are your final thoughts? I mean, like, what do you want to express to fans out there? about moving forward into 2020 and the future for Kodiak? Oh, I, I just think that all of the support that everyone's been giving us is great. and I'm, We all are very appreciative of, of it. And uh, we can't wait to get out on the road and play shows and meet all the fans and take pictures and do all the, do all the cool band stuff, you know? I, I can't wait to, uh, we can't wait to get out there and play. 
And you got to come to Chicago because. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, Chicago, like like uh, Michigan and Chicago and like Detroit, they, they love us out there. So, you know, um, we definitely got to come over there and play. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that whole Midwest area, you know, I'll even include Minnesota with the Michigans and Chicago's, and then also Cleveland also has, you know, a good, vibrant, you know, base of, of rock fans. So I think that whole area that, uh, is a pretty promising area for you guys. Oh, yeah, man. Well, Pete, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I do appreciate you doing oh, this. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, I, I, I look you. forward to all the new music and continued success and keep building on what you're doing. It's been great. I do appreciate it. I look forward to more. Thanks once again. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, everybody, Pete Biggiani from the band Kodiak. Give their two new songs a listen. You can find it on all social media platforms and where you stream music, songs Goodbye and Alone. Once again, this is Jay Scott. You're listening to The Hook, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast, and we'll chat again soon. Thank you. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.